This is episode five of the B is for Brutal podcast. We have myself, Grayson, and Eli, our guest, our first guest. Tell us about yourself. Well, this is the inaugural video one. Oh, yeah, the first well. video this one. This is the yeah, inaugural video one. Yes. I'm so, Eli's fighting this weekend? Yeah, that's, yeah, I guess this upcoming weekend. Yes, so, it'll this be weekend. this weekend. It's um, six days away. Yeah. August 21st, August I think 21st. it is. Okay. And what promotion is it? Um, it's called UFG. Yeah, uh, it stands for United for God. Okay, yeah, cool. The UFG, yeah, one fifty-five pound UFG title. Yes, very excited to be a champion. It'll be very cool. Very cool. We'll be there. And uh, yeah, we'll probably record it live, maybe, or take a little video or something like that. Yeah, sure. we'll probably on the Instagram put something on there. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll have like maybe some highlights or something like that. That'd be really cool too. So tell us about how you got into MMA. Um, so I got into MMA. It's actually a, a really weird story, and it started like before I even did MMA. Um, it started like when I was in high school, my junior year. Uh, I got kicked out of school here in Florida, and I moved back to New Jersey. Well, that's where my family's from. And in one of my classes, my senior year, I met this kid who introduced me to jujitsu, and he told me about it just verbally. And I thought he was cool, you know, I thought he was this badass fighter who can, like, fight. I didn't even know, like, what jiu-jitsu was. I didn't know it was grappling. And um, after I had finished high school, I wanted to go to college back here in Florida. So when I came down to Florida, I moved back to this town. This is where I, I got kicked out of school. And my coach had a jiu-jitsu studio here. And okay. I was just working out. Like, I always played sports in high school. So sports always kind of kept me, like, out of trouble. So when I got out of high school, I noticed, like, dang, you know, I need to stop getting in trouble. I need to stop hanging out with people who are not focused and doing the right thing. Right. And I was, like, working out all the time. And I was getting, like, nice and strong, nice and fit. And I played football, so I knew how to work out a lot. And I was just like, I need to do something with myself. Like, I'm getting big, I'm getting fit, but, like, I'm not doing anything with myself. And I want to start fighting. So my friend... Christian, he like continuously just told me like, bro, you should try it. Just try it. Try fighting. Try it, bro. Like, if you think you can do it, try it. And I just looked up the closest like jujitsu school, uh, and it was my coach's school. And now I've been training there for five years, almost five years, like four and a half years. Okay, and where do you train? I train at Upper Academy. Upper. It's called Upper Academy Florida. It's a Brazilian jujitsu and MMA studio. Okay. Is it like Gracie jujitsu or? Um, no, it's Novo Nyao. Oh, okay. uh, Novo Nyao is a school back in Brazil uh, underneath Andre Pedaneras, and uh, that's Jose Aldo's coach. So he's oh, the cool. one who had, he's the one who started uh, Novo Nyao, him and Wendell. And my coach is one of the students that grew up in Brazil uh, underneath them. And they have like a lot of other big fighters as well. BJ Penn is one of their uh, big fighters. Uh, Akron Diaz, uh, Leonardo Santos, um, he fights in the UFC. Yeah, he's. A little um, older. We you just we watched him in Key West. Okay. okay. He yeah. was the guy that was older. He got like nut shot at like five times in that one fight. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really good. He's been around. He's actually the president of Novo Nyao right yeah, now. Yeah, he's super good. He's uh he took that position. Yeah. So it's cool. He beat a lot of guys that and a lot of it's like just with Kevin skill. Lee. Yeah, he oh, beat Kevin okay. Lee. Yeah. Kevin cool. Lee's fighting not this week but coming up. He's fighting Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, he's got a lot of good wins. Yeah. He's, a, he's an old school fighter. Even um, Rafael Dos Anjos, he just did his last camp with uh, Andre Pedaneras. Oh, against Paul Felder? I believe that was his yeah, last fight, his right? last one. He did. Um, 
and he he had Andre Pedernera's and the Novo Union team in his corner. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What does a school name mean? Is it like a Brazilian uh, word? Yeah, okay. it's it's in Portuguese and it stands for New Union. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Uh, but right now that's what it was in Brazil, um, and now they're transitioning everything into Upper Academy. Okay. So that that's what we're known as now, Upper Academy. Upper Academy, cool. And that's in Zephyr Hills. Is um, it? the school is in uh, it's considered Hudson. Hudson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In that cool. area, it's uh, on County Line. Cool. Okay. So. Hudson, Florida. okay, so that's North Florida, right? North it's north of here. Or mid-central yeah, Florida. It's about 15 minutes from here. Cool. Yeah. And your fight's going to be in, in Hudson? Zephyr Hills. Zephyr uh, my Hills. fight is in Zephyr Hills, yeah. Okay. And that's a little bit um, more central Florida. Yeah. Florida. Yeah, that's central Got Florida. Because there's no ocean near it. <laughs> no, nope. oh, but that's yeah, where the that's water right. comes from. Zephyr Hills water. Yeah, okay, yeah, those are on the waters all the time. Yeah. Okay. That cool. comes from Zephyr Hills. Yeah, we went to Zephyr, Zephyr Hills. We yeah, got... we spent a little time in Dade City, which is like five minutes away from Zephyr Hills. Yeah, it's like on the other side of this, this county. Oh, okay. There's we some should... really like good mom and pop restaurants over there, too. We went to one that wasn't that good, but we won't mention it on the show. Don't <laughs> we went to one and I was like, what is this? Yeah, we actually stayed in like the a mobile are, like, home broken. Uh, place or whatever. It's like an old people's community, <laughs> yeah. like 55 plus. And we that was looking for a house to buy. Hey, mom, what's the name of Minister Reed's restaurant in Dade City? Ooh. There's a good barbecue restaurant in Dade City oh, we that we know barbecue. from family owned. And it's like all Buccaneers decked out. Um, yeah, probably way better. If than... you could find that out, let me know, mom. <laughs> we'll yeah, shout him out on the show. He went into full time ministry. Oh okay. oh, okay. He's not a barbecue man anymore. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Well, there's a pop-up stand. We'll be doing it for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. um, what, what the guy, was, well, he, he had the restaurant, but he does this annual tournament every year. It's like a huge basketball tournament in Dade City, and he gets, like, the whole community out. And uh, it's really cool that they do something like that Balling for the community. For right. Yeah, it's called Balling for Jesus. Balling for Jesus. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, so like uh, your fight name, the Prophet or yeah. something like yeah. that. Can you tell us a little well, bit? Well, Eli, the Prophet. Well, yeah. 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 So my name is Elijah Alejandro. But, uh, I go by the Prophet, and it's something that uh, I represent the church. I represent Jesus, and I actually got the fight, I, the fight name because um, I have this video of uh, like the moment where I realized like I need to do everything that I feel like God is calling me to do, and in that moment, one of the things that I heard was like, um, when you, let me, let me think exactly what it, how it was worded. When people wanna like go to God, they have like a, they go to a preacher and they expect the preacher to go to God for them. Right. But when God sends a prophet to the people, you know, and that's how yeah. I feel. You know, so I feel like God has sent me to the people. Got it. So I'm, I feel like I'm the prophet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was uh, listening to a couple different podcasts, and a lot of the fighters all say that it kind of, like, changed their life, like, in a positive way, because kind of like you were saying, how they get into, like, fights in school. Mm-hmm. And you would think, like, fighting, like, as a career would do, like, the same thing, but it's pretty interesting how it does the opposite. So. The yeah, discipline of everything like, that goes into it. I feel like I fight for like divine intervention. You know, I feel like because that, that's what I'm called to do. I was born to do it, yeah. and all of this stuff is out. It's just it's already like set for me to do. I'm just like living it out as it's happening. Okay, cool. 
Was there like a switch that happens? Because you're extra nice all the time. Yeah. Is there like a switch when you're like, all right. I just... Is it like a day before, right before, an hour before? Is it during the walk? Um, yeah, it's as soon as the walk happens. Oh, okay. As soon as the walk happens is when, uh, when, like I was telling you guys earlier, when my coach smacks my body and he, like, makes my body hot, getting ready to walk out into the cage, that's when I know, like, that's when the switch happens. And I'm just always nice, you know, I'm just... I'm just so much so grateful for everything for my life. I'm one of those people. I wake up every day, full meditation with breathing, and not every day. I can't say I wake up every single day and do it, but a lot of days I like to wake up early and do my meditation and breathing and stuff like that. And I'm grateful for another opportunity because one day, like we're not gonna be here. Right. We're really not. You know, like so to be able to do all this stuff that I get to do. And I just love being who I am. I'm so happy that I have, like, my personality. And I'm so happy that, like, the little side notes, thoughts that I have in my head that I'm, like, you know, I'm so happy I think the way that I do. Um, so I'm just, I'm a genuinely happy person with yeah. what I do. When you make the walk and you, the switch kind of hits, like, when you flip the switch, what is, is, do you think when you're making the walk or is it just, like, you empty your mind, and it's like a meditative flow state. It it does become, um, it does become like tunnel vision. Um, when you're about to come out, you're actually on deck. So as a fight is going on, you're like right behind the curtain or right behind whatever's happening as the fight is going on. And then you, what like you watch them walk past you and go back to the locker room, and then you walk out. So. Um, that's usually like where the where the switch comes on because okay. you're like in the locker room waiting, 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 and then you're like next on deck, and then like you're like getting nervous and anticipating as the crowd is there. And what was the question? I'm sorry. What? Just kind of what the thoughts are during the walk. Yeah, it's really just like you're kind of waiting your turn. You know, uh, you're thinking a lot. Of, you know, a lot of times I think like, okay, prepare myself for the next 15 minutes. The next 15 minutes are about to be nuts. The next 15 minutes of my life, anything could happen. It could be chaotic. You know, just be able to stay calm under under the pressure, stay calm with my breathing, and uh, perform well. I, I always think about performing well. Yeah, a lot of guys say they have to focus on their breathing a lot mm-hmm. during the high pressure, like the walk, the, the announcement, and everything. Yeah. Like they almost black out during, like, the announcements <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Once the fight starts, like once you make contact, it's like okay, you know, I'm, I'm. This is what I do. But like, the part leading up, like even just walking out and like getting into the cage, it's intense. You know, I fought this kid, and uh, his name's Trey Wills from Kentucky, and he's a really good fighter. Uh, we, he was in the cage first, so when I walked out and I was about to walk into the cage, this kid is like pacing back and forth, yeah. looking like a dog, and I'm like. Holy crap, I'm about to get in here and fight this kid, and it was a lot of fun. Well, there's some guys who, it's like almost, it seems more intense, especially the guys who are, against guys who are super disciplined, like, you know, Chaos Williams, I would just like stare across, yeah. Yeah. you are like, oh my goodness, some of the guys are probably not used to it as much, like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, or like, I could get to him. being across from like Tony Ferguson, he always yeah. looks the creepiest to me. Yeah, when some of his, oh yeah, some of his highlights, he has some yeah. famous ones where he'd be covered in blood, yeah. and he'd be like looking at his opponent like, my mat, this is my mat. <laughs> or his like mouth this is mine. Yeah. or yeah, guard or something, he has the one with the, like the yeah. sharp yeah, teeth, yeah, yeah. 
I think it, like when you have an opponent like that, when you have an opponent that you know is dangerous or someone that can finish you, it makes you wake up every morning and train harder. It makes you want to hit every practice. It makes you want to be so much more disciplined because you know that the other guy is talented as well. Yeah. yeah. They're coming to bring the violence. Yeah, yeah for I sure. Feel like that's definitely one thing that kind of influences how your fight goes. But I was thinking, like, if there's a fight before yours, and, like, how does that set the tone? Like, maybe there's, like, a knockout or submission or something. Like, does that kind of change your, like, tone to think, like, to put on a better show or something like that? Um, not really. You know, in the amateur league right now, I don't really think about other fighters. Okay. You know, I just really focus on myself. I know every time I go out there and I fight, I'm going to put on a perform like a performance. The crowd is going to love it. The crowd is going to be interactive. Uh, there's going to be striking. There's going to be grappling. It's mixed martial arts, so I'm going to change the game up all over. So it, it's exciting. I don't really think about like what the other guys are yeah. going to do. I know when I go out there, I'm probably going to have the best fight on the card. I'm definitely ready to see your fight for sure next weekend. <laughs> yeah, It'll be yeah. our first live fight, too. So. Yeah, 155 That's crazy. is a good weight class. Yeah. 155 is good. I've never fought at 55. I usually fight at, uh, I did uh, three fights at 45, and I did two fights at 40. And uh, my goal is, as a professional, I want to fight at 35. Okay. Um, well, so that's my, I'm trying to, I was yeah. making that progression. Um, and uh, I, I had broke my arm after one of my fights, so I took a year off. And then I did my last fight, back, which was one year ago. And then I took, like, another year of just training and just figuring things out throughout life. And... Now I'm back, ready to fight, and if I win this belt, I'll probably go professional after this fight. Oh, cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Like, what are you kind of thinking, like, professional-wise? Like, maybe, like, bare knuckle, or, like, what's... Oh, no, definitely. (laughs) My coach does the bare knuckle stuff. Those guys are crazy. If he likes jujitsu, that's all grappling. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what the plan is. Progression looks like so. uh, My plan would be uh, to go to Brazil and fight for Shuto. uh, Shuto Shuto Brazil is a show in Brazil, which is ran by Andre Pedaneras, who is the guy who we were talking about earlier, who runs everything in Brazil. Um, And he runs a show uh, called Shuto with a bunch of professional fighters. And my goal is to fight for Shuto. Is it Rio? Yeah, Rio. Rio. I'm sure they. I think they have like a Shuto Japan as well. Oh, but I'm not sure if it's ran under the same people. Um, But uh, the Chuta Brazil, they do it in Brazil. All over Brazil, like Sao Paulo. Oh, they do it in Rio. They do it in, in where they, uh, where the guys at Upper Academy train the Novo Nia facility. Uh, they do it in the in that arena. Oh, okay. I, think, I forgot exactly what it's called. Cool, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Brazil's beautiful. I've seen so many pictures of it. Yeah, I would so. love to go to Brazil. I want to go. I was supposed to go last year, and uh, my friend was out there. Uh, two of my buddies that I trained with were out there. And uh, one of them had got injured, so they came back yeah. uh, right when I was supposed to go. But I was just thinking the past couple of weeks, I'm, I probably want to plan like for next summer or something, or maybe like the end of the year or the beginning of next year. Yeah, that has to be a huge motivation then, for sure. Yeah, yeah. training down there, so, those guys are killers. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where it started, that's, right? Ooh, whenever the, yeah. That's why I always say, like, you never want to bet against the Brazilians. A lot of times, like, you'll see somebody whose name... Oh, I'm not sure who this guy is. You see that Brazilian flag, or them wearing the yellow shorts. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that this guy's guy probably that pretty guy's good. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we never like. Well, I'd personally never go against him. Like, if he's Brazilian or Russian, he's probably if he's really a Russian good. Muslim. Yeah. yeah, those guys are out of their minds. <laughs> I, I saw some stat. Somebody shared it online. It was like Russian Muslims in the UFC are like sixty and like four or something insane. <laughs> Something crazy. 
Like, oh that, that's impressive, man. That's hard to do as well. It's hard to win in MMA. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. And definitely, yeah. I feel like it takes like a lot of like dedication and also just like well, and the time. even so the judges don't do you any favors at any point. Yeah, I feel like you never want to even leave it. it to there's a somewhere. If you can help there's it. there's yeah, so yeah. many fights. Every week, there's a fight where I'm like, what? What? How did how did they give it to that guy? Yeah. Sometimes in the amateurs, it's like that too because. The judges are, they're not like state commission judges. Sometimes like it could be the guy who owns the promotion. Mm -hmm. That guy could have a gym and he's promoting his fighters and his coaches are judges or his friends are judges, stuff like that. So it's like, it's kind of, there's everywhere it's judging is kind of messed up. You have to just finish the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Just just knock them out or something. (laughs) Yeah. They'll leave it into the the judges. It was like. A couple weeks ago, we were watching it, and it's, I think, all but, like, four fights were finishes, but out of the four fights, two of them, the judges just messed it up entirely. What was, what was their name? Sarah McMahon got still robbed. I don't know why they don't let, like, people Kyle who are Phillips more professional fighters yeah. judge. Yeah, that's it's what a I was state, thinking, It's a state yeah. job. That's crazy. It's crazy. And it's the you... same guys leaning on their shovels over there trying to fix the roads. They're <laughs> <laughs> the judges. That's the crazy. Time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. They definitely need to fix the job, especially at the professional level where guys are getting paid thousands of dollars yeah. to like perform, and it doesn't make sense when they when some guys lose. Dude, it's crazy. Would you ever judge like a fight or something? If you had that I would love to. to. I would honestly yeah. love to commentate more than judge. Oh, okay. Because um, sometimes I feel like it's hard to judge. It's hard to judge a fight. I I did. Even yeah. though we're talking bad about the judges, let's be honest, it's so hard to judge some fights. Some fights are yeah. are Ooh. so back and forth. You know, a guy could win three minutes of one round in the striking, and then the guy, the other guy could take the guy down and and dominate him on the floor for two minutes. You know, who wins the round? Yeah, it's those just are my like, favorite fights when you can't really tell, like, oh, it could have been. Yeah, so know. we're talking bad about the judges, but it's so hard to be a judge. So if you're a judge, sorry, not no, sorry. No, if you're yeah. a judge, get, get out of here. Unless you're one of the few. Every now and then, I'll hear the scoring. I'm like, oh, one of them got it right. <laughs> like, there's so many that are terrible like Fazeev versus Bobby Green Dude, the ra- third round Bobby Green outstruck him like 74 to like 27 and they, they had it somebody had scored 30 27 against them I was like Who? sometimes it's like what, what they're this? judging for too yeah. you know because there's different aspects as far as like cage control Dude, he had control he had Strike. Everything. I, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, how? I just would love to ask him, like, how did you say he lost that round? Like, what part of that did it? Can't, what, what 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 was it? Was he hurting his hands against the guy's head? Like, what was? <laughs> what? How did he lose that round? I don't get it sometimes. Especially when they have control, when they have the strikes, and they've like got defended takedowns and everything the whole time, and then they lose the round. I'm like, all right, this one according to oil. You should have won this round. Yeah. Can you explain what according to Hoyle means? Well, according to, that's yeah. like a card. Like, Hoyle is like cards. Like, they make like a brand of cards. Okay. So it's like according to like the laws of physics. Like, like okay. the rules, like the basic rules. Yeah, him and his dad are like crazy with cards. Like, they take it so seriously. <laughs> okay. and it, yeah. So they're pretty fun. Because you can get into like that mindset too where you gotta be like, alright, block everybody out. Everybody's talking shit. Just gotta block it out and win. <laughs> And I was listening to Israel um, Adesanya on, like, a podcast, and he was talking about how fighting is a lot like playing cards, because, like, 
you have to really analyze like what you're gonna do and like your skill set versus the other guy's skill set. Do you feel like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially like so it's different. Um, you know, you asked me earlier what's the difference between like a fight and practice. Oh you know? yeah. When you're in practice, you know what your opponents you know what your opponents that are your teammates are gonna do. You know, you train with them every single day, you guys are learning the same techniques and if they're learning some other techniques or something like they're going to try it and they're going to keep trying it so you kind of catch on to like what your teammates are doing over time so you guys evolve with each other when you're going into a fight with a complete stranger you don't know what they're capable of you don't know what techniques they're learning right so i think that's something that is a big difference um and it's like it's just shocking you know even just like their movement could be like like a second slower or a second faster than what you're used to training with um, so I think that makes a big difference. So you think it's cheating if people send people to other people's gyms to go watch them fight? I've sort of some reports of if you were recently in, there's if been you were a couple. Intentionally trying to do that, I wouldn't consider it cheating, but it's not it's not right, you know. Yeah. But but also cross training is super important, you know. Well, there's been some guys who send people over to other gyms to go watch what this guy does. Yeah, I mean that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> yeah, radish. Yeah, I would consider that to be unethical, you know. Unethical. Yeah. That's just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe disrespectful. That's disrespectful. Unethical. That's a little far. I mean, like I wouldn't be interested <laughs> in that. Definitely know. wrong, but some people do it. We won't name anybody. Yeah. I mean, and there's just people who train at other gyms, you know, like, over time. You yeah. know, people train at, like, from one academy, they move to another academy yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, Some guys put their own gyms together in that way, though. Yeah. Go to their and boxing with some guys and they're grappling with yeah. another. Like Kevin Holland, he was talking about how he's been working with DC for, like, his wrestling yeah. and stuff like that. He went to AKA to work on wrestling. Yeah, that's super smart. With Even, Travis Silver um, only. Who's uh, like Kamara Usman was training in South Florida for so long. Yep. Like he used to train with the Black Zillions, and and, under trouble with and now he's training over in in Colorado. That's awesome. That's very you know. Yeah, so dude, he's woo, since he's gotten with women. Oh my goodness, bro, his hands are yeah. dangerous. So good. I love Kamara Usman. Yeah, he's, he's gotten a great, great champion since he's been with. Yeah, he's very active. Very active. Yeah, that's all you can ask for us. And he's dangerous, dude. His oh last knockout goodness. against Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the first yeah, time Jorge Masvidal I was ever more impressed out. with his knockout over Gilbert Burns. That uh, one, I was like, woo! Because he had to really go through it. That fight, he had to go through it on that fight. Yeah, he, him and Gilbert were it going back like, and forth. Like he just Gilbert, destroyed Jorge. Gilbert rocked him in the first yeah. round. And yeah, he definitely destroyed Jorge. I thought Gilbert was a much better win. opponent. I'm good. Yeah, I guess that attests to like how important cross training is for sure, and being well rounded. Because I think that UFC is getting more and more developed with like the fighters as well. I was uh, reading something about how like being a specialist, you know, it helps, you know, especially but it depends on your weight class as well, for sure. Yeah, that definitely. Well, makes some sense. specialists they can only get you so far before somebody catches on, like Ryan Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas like he yeah, was just, he just got robbed, got destroyed. Yeah, I felt yeah. bad for him because he's a really good jujitsu guy. Um, yeah, Ilya Topuria got... figured him out. He was like, oh, he always rotates this way and just came down with a hammer fist when he spun out to try to get back up and rocked him. What do you yeah. think about Cyril Gaon? He, I thought he was pretty crazy for that yeah. division. Just He's cause, very athletic. Yeah. He was super big. He was very explosive. Doesn't uh, make mistakes. Really. Yeah, yeah he I mean, seems like against against a really high, Lewis, high IQ. We'll see. Derek Lewis isn't yeah. the best person well, to say that against. Even against get, Volkov, yeah. that was, I thought I've was seen, a better test. Because he... 
The judges, I think they had every round for Cyril gone, but I, for, I thought he lost two of the rounds against Volkov and then adjusted to the point where if it was going to keep going or if they fought again, he's got his number. Where it's like, I'm like, oh, this guy is learning in there, his opponent, and mm-hmm. getting through it. Like, to, to outpoint a guy like Volkov was that long and that has that diverse of striking, he dismantled him. I think with that his with his experience through like the, he was a glory kickboxer, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I think I, I think you can look that up if you want. I think he was a glory. That would make sense. I think he did. I know he did a lot of kickboxing. He's just so technical. Like I, I really think he's impressive. I really like him. I really yeah, I don't like know box. who's gonna win out of him or. That's a coin flip, dude. Ninganu is uh, hits so hard. <laughs> Ninganu will put lights out with one punch. I he doesn't have to be like too technical. The hardest hitting dude, person some of the things, Like Ninganu versus that guy Rosenberg. Or Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And the, that guy Rosenstrike was a really good kickboxer, technical yeah. guy too. Um, yeah, Sorogan beat him too as His well. Sorogan beat time. him. He beat Rosenstrike. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Did he knock him out, or how did they? Went decision. Went to decision. That's yeah. why people so were Francis saying Francis could murder Sorogan. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> well, people were saying it was. was but... He might be able to. He's never been. I mean, it's yet to see him what he can take. Yeah, if he can take a big shot. Yeah, if he could take a big shot. His concentration is Muay Thai, by the way. Muay Thai. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because he's got a lot of kicks. What promotions did he fight for prior to like UFC? I was actually reading about so, him and in France. Apparently, it was like illegal TK, to like do this type of fighting. TKO up to, like, three years ago or something. TKO. Like that. Major TKO, League. Major League MMA. He was heavyweight champion. There. Yeah, it was the heavyweight champion TKO. Whatever that is. I think it's Muay Thai. It looks like so he's coming out of Muay Thai stuff. Yeah. TKO. It's TKO. Yeah. It's in Canada. TKO. Mm-hmm. It's MMA. So, what is how, how, but no, go back to him though. Don't look at this promotion. Okay, but it doesn't matter anyway. But he's, I've yet to see him make like a mistake where it's like, oh, he's in trouble. Yeah. That's yet to happen. So, I don't know what could, but Francis hits harder than anybody yeah, ever Francis has. Is Francis is a, the most frightening man on the planet, definitely the scariest guy to ever be in the UFC. Ooh, yeah, I'm excited to see it for sure. It looked like, dude, in his last fight, it looked like he shot Stipe with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the way he went down, the way he went down, it looked like he shot him. I was like, oh it my It was crazy because he had just came, he, like, the, the jab that he knocked yeah. him down with was really good. But Stipe got up, recovered, and Stipe yeah, rocked him. Hit him with a nice cross. And I thought, I was like, whoa, let's go, Stipe. No, dude, when the second and he stepped forward, I went, oh, no. And then he just got flatlined. Yeah. yeah. Francis just, and the way he bent back on his leg and Oof. everything was awful. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's great. It, it was crazy. I have never been knocked out as a fighter and like, in a fight. Yeah. I've been knocked out in practice. <laughs> I've been knocked down. I've never been like knocked unconscious. Knocked out cold. Yeah. Well, striking wise, I've been put to sleep before in jujitsu, probably about three times. What is that like? I got knocked out cold once. It, going to sleep from a submission was the most peaceful thing I had really? experienced so far. Like, do you know what's happening when? It, you like, know what's happening until you like you know what's happening and you think you can get out like you think you're okay mm-hmm. until you're waking up and you're like yeah. confused yeah. and everyone's just looking at you like are you okay yeah i yeah. got choked out one time rnc and I, at the whole time you're just like hand fighting and you're like oh this is all right and then all of a sudden you just wake up and you're like oh 
Yeah, especially like I train a lot of gi jiu-jitsu. So with the lapel chokes, if you have it really tight and you have your hand, like your wrist really deep in the lapel and you're, let's say like you're going for kimuras or I'm not kimuras, kimuras are arm submission. Let's say you're going for uh, like uh, bow and arrow chokes or anacondas and darsh chokes. That stuff could put you out fast like six or seven seconds done correctly and you're out like it literally is like a tunnel that just closes up it stays black for like three seconds and even when it's like it's like if you close your eyes and you're like oh i'm fine i'm here i'm good i got this and then you're waking up dude i got when i was in basic you do like this it's like the gladiator pillow thing yeah i know what you're talking about I got hit so hard. The guy I was fighting, the guy I went against, nobody wanted to go against him. I didn't realize he was the powerhouse he was. He went into special forces. And he was like, oh, you want to do the thing against me? And I was like, yeah, sure, bud. No problem. And I thought it was just going to be all right. Like, just a regular old thing. And, dude, he hit me so hard with this thing. It just wow. put me out cold. Wow. This was like, he came from underneath and just rocked me right on the chin. You have headgear on, but he got me right in the spot that you don't have any protection. It just put me out. And after that, dude, I was confused for, like, a day. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You lose, like, you definitely lose track of, like, anything prior. Yeah. The first time I ever got put to sleep by uh, a submission, it was a baseball choke in uh, the gi and i woke up and my i woke up and i did like an arm drag to my teammate and an arm drag was the drill that we were working on like 35 minutes prior so i woke up and i tried to arm drag him and he's like hey stop bro and i'm like i'm like no like i'm doing the drill and he's like no bro stop like i just put you to sleep i just woke you up i'm like are you serious like i thought i was still drilling like yeah and it was it was intense and he's like, no, you need to come sit on the side for a second. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Here's some water and relax. Take a round off. Okay. And it, you come back, it's almost, it's like, I wouldn't even say it's like being high, but it's like a mind, like, you're almost, you feel like you're in a different place. Like, it's almost like 3D transparent. Like, your body just goes out and comes back. And it's just like, it feels like you're in a different place. Like, the, yeah, the oxygen yeah. just feels different. Like, yeah, exactly. It feels like euphoric and stuff like that. Is it like, would you call it like a reset, maybe? Oh, definitely a reset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's one way I guess there's, you could put there's it. There's been times where even I've been training and someone's got you in a really deep triangle and they almost put you out and maybe you escape or you tap and as soon as they let go, like you slowly feel the world come back. like, And you're like, that's oh, wild. wow, I almost went out there. <laughs> wow, like I really almost went to sleep. Maybe one or two more seconds and I would have been done. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, going out is a pretty cool experience. That. Have you ever had surgery? Um, no, I've never okay. had any surgery. Thank oh. God. It is kind of like coming out of surgery. I was wondering, is it like coming out of a surgery? It maybe? is a little bit come, like coming out of surgery. When After I got my wisdom teeth pulled, that's kind of similar to getting okay. choked out. I've never had a way. I've never had Coming out of it, well, that coming out of it, you're like, oh. Yeah, you're definitely Oh, yeah. and you're not sure exactly what's going on, but you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. But then you, it's like till afterwards that you realize like, yeah, I was, I knew what was going on. But yeah. in the moment, you're still kind of like, Ooh. yeah. It's but, like in in the fight and like in practice, though, you could there's details that you could forget. You know, I've seen guys get dropped in practice and they get up and they're like, oh yeah, I was trying to do this, and it's like, 
Nah, bro, no, you weren't. <laughs> you thought you were, yeah. but you weren't. You see that a lot in professional fights where people complain to the ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. You were out cold. You were yeah. knocked out, bro. You yeah. were trying to grab the ref. Yeah, yeah. There's been times where they try to grab the ref. Yeah, yeah. Jason Herzog's like put like reversals on the guys sometimes really? when they like okay. come after him. It's pretty funny. I think he's the best ref in the UFC. He's pretty good, Jason Herzog. It seems like he's very non-partisan compared to a lot of guys. Yeah, and he just also seems like very aware of like keeps what's good going control on. of the fighters. Like one time, a dude's mouth guard fell through the floor. Like, there's like a little, little space at the edge of the octagon. People hook their toes in there sometimes. Oh, okay, I've it seen It fell that. through there. And mm-hmm. he was like, he somehow managed to keep it like, controlled until they got, so someone went underneath, like one of like, I don't know, the camera guys or something, wow, like went underneath, crazy. got it, and they cleaned it off and brought it back. It was like a minute and a half where the commentary was like, this is kind of odd, but he's managing to keep it together as both yeah. the guys are like. Yeah, I mean, those guys are working on the fly, dude. It's like, yeah. what do you do? Like, Yeah, that's why I like to talk about the refs on the podcast, too, because I feel like they don't get enough love, honestly. Sometimes. They I do think get some, a lot of hate. Some guys, <laughs> yeah. ooh, there's some, there's somewhere. Yeah, some aren't as great as others, but I think Jason Herzog's definitely the Jason best. Herzog's good. Some guys get a lot of hate. I like, even though he gets a lot of hate, Keith Peterson. Keith Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the guy that Dominic Cruz said was Yeah, drunk? smokes cigarettes. <laughs> he sounds ridiculous. He's like, are you ready? Are Sorry, you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you ready? Uh, that's right. He, he has a distinct... Voice. We saw him on PFL yesterday. Yeah, he had the glass. Do you think they're ever gonna get like female judges or female Refs? referees? I don't know. They should. Maybe for the lady fights. If they put, it's a state job, so yeah. they start applying. I'm just, just wondering, you know, because yeah. I know like other sports like NFL and yeah. like NBA, they have like some of just starting referees to, now. Yeah, they're so just starting to get them. Just that'll be interesting. Yeah. Just a little. They got a lot of. Uh, a lot of the security guards are ladies now. And yeah, you'll see, you'll see him in the background, yeah. That's cool. So, no lady refs yet. Maybe. Yeah. They don't have any refs, really. They used to be fighters, though. So you can't even be like, oh, so-and-so could be one, because it's not even any dude fighters yeah. or refs. Maybe they just don't want to be refs. I don't know. Cause the only ones that ever want to say they want to be refs, I'm like, ooh. Like, Chris Lieben was like, I want to get into being a ref. I was like, ooh, but you... <laughs> a lot of beatings <laughs> at times. What do you think about like a ref? Like, do you think they have the perspective like, oh, I want one fighter to win more than another? Sometimes, fighter? sometimes they it, probably would. Sometimes right? it seems there's been some where they've stood a guy up right when he gets a position. Where I'm like, what? What just like someone will? There's been a couple fights where somebody has gotten their back taken and like. Three seconds in, they're like, all right, we're standing it back up. I'm like, yeah. what? Sometimes that guy just worked weird. for two and a half minutes to take that guy's back, and now you're standing it up. Yeah, you sometimes it's all weird. Like, uh, I've seen sometimes if, uh, like, let's say a striker versus a grappler, even like um, Gilbert Burns when he was fighting Kamara Usman, they let him stay on the floor for so long in the first round after he had got uh, put on the ground, or maybe even in the second round, they let him just stay on the floor. Other fighters, they usually like stand him up, yeah. but they know that he could do something in that position on the ground, so that some referees will be more lenient towards yeah. that position or There's, something. They probably need to go towards a standard at some point as it, this fight develops, the sport develops more. Yeah. But for the time being, it's like, it's, I mean, the sport's only been around since the 90s. Yeah. yeah I feel like the sport is such on the fly. Yeah. Like, there's never one way for the UFC. It's like, we could do this for one fighter, and then we won't do this for another fighter. It just kind of depends who you are. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> dude, and dude, there's been some. There, I mean, there's a lot of turnover on the reps, oh, as well. So like, you won't see too many guys from. There's been some guys who have been around a while, like Chris Tyone and Herb Dean. Yeah. But like Big John's gone. Murder Mario. Well, I mean, they <laughs> wanted to get rid of Murder Mario for a while. Dude, mur- uh, there's some Murder Mario. When they show some highlights of some of the older guys, you're like, there's Murder Mario. And then you see a guy like out cold getting hammered like eight yeah. more times. Just let like, go. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. That's how we got the nickname. Yeah. That's why they call him Murder Mario. Let it go Ooh. on too long. What do you think about the commentating like in the UFC? Some of them are really some good. Some of it's really good and some of it I some think it's really bad. Commentator? I like Paul Felder just because I feel yeah, like he's, he's newer to like commentating. I mean, he has I think he's like he's he just finished fighting, you know, so I feel like it's still like fresh on the brain for him. He is well. one of the more like the higher IQ. And I like guy, his personality more too. Like I like listening to him more than someone like like, not to hate on, but, like, John Attic says, like, the weirdest thing sometimes, like... <laughs> yeah, he's not really a fighter, so yeah. it's just, like... He's a hype. They have... So, the way they kind of go is they either have John Anik or uh, Brandon Fitzgerald okay. in that position, and then they usually either have Joe Rogan in a fighter or two other fighters. Yeah. So, they'll have, like, DC and Paul Felder, or uh, my favorite is when they have Paul Felder and... Uh, Dominic Cruz. I like Dominic Cruz. That's a good... When they team up, because they don't... Neither of them really get super excited to the point where you, like, can't even tell what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes the other guys will just be like, Oh! Oh! You're like, this is... Come on. This is a little too much. If they get a little excitement's good for you're just, like, screaming into my TV. Yeah, they're able to just stay calm underneath that (laughs) pressure because they're used to that live activeness, you know, from their experience. And they break down everything for you, which is, for me, I've never fought before, and I'm new to the sport, so I like when they break down and they tell you, like, what the fighters should be doing or what they might be thinking. Who are your favorite? There's some on some other promotions where I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I can do really well. I like it, but you, my, my favorite is DC. DC yeah, okay. DC is pretty good. He's gotten a lot yeah. better after. You could see from when they gave him a show with Ariel Hawani, the before and after of working with a guy that could talk that well, mm-hmm. dude. That that brought him to a, that definitely upped his game from like if you watch fights from like 2018, and now watch them now, you're like, oh, this guy's a hundred percent better. Uh, than he used to be. I, I think to it go was. Back and check that yeah, out. I think it was when they. It seemed like when they gave him a show with Helwani, it was like almost yeah, like a passing. Yeah, they probably gave him some broadcasting. It was like yeah. a passing. because because like I mean Ariel Helwani, that's his best. And he has a really great uh, vocabulary as well. And I noticed DC. He doesn't use. He kind of makes fun of Ariel Helwani in some of his words he uses, but he's actually picking up some yeah. I've noticed as well. I don't like his new show as much with RC. Whoever that Ryan. Ryan Clark. Clark I Ryan Clark too. doesn't really seem like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> on there maybe it'll get better as it goes on but from what i watch i'm like and they have dc doing the ads now and he's not super good at doing the ads he like stumbles through i'm like maybe they get an ad guy <laughs> something I, I like dc like when he commentates uh, i feel like a lot of fighters look up to him so he has a, a good relationship with a lot of the guys and he usually talks highly of everyone um and like he knows like their personal life and stuff like that so i, I like that um, a lot of the young guys that are coming up now, he like yeah. big brothers them. He definitely um, shows a bias in some fights though. Yeah, because <laughs> some of them train at his AK, you know, they train yeah. at AK and stuff like that. Um, but I like him, you know, his details are fire. He's talking about like 
in the position, like why people do certain things, like thinking of the mindset, why people do things. So I think it, uh, he does a really good job at explaining. There's some where I'll be watching it, and, and he's, he's talking, <laughs> and the way he's talking, you'd think the guy who's losing is winning the fight. And I'm like, why is he really buttering this guy up? And I think it affects like the judging. I don't know if they can hear him, but like when uh, Adesanya fought Blahovich. In some of those earlier rounds, I was like, Adesanya is losing this round right now. And they're they're talking like he's winning, no problem. So Yeah, sometimes, like, I hate when they talk like that. Like, um, if you listen back to, like, uh, Dominic Cruz, when he was commentating, like, Conor McGregor and Khabib's oh fight. Oh, my God, that was like, rough. He's, like, saying, yeah. like, oh, Dominic. He, he's yeah, that he's was letting his... himself gas out and stuff. It's like, no, he's... <laughs> Khabib was like, no, he's getting smashed yeah, right now. Khabib was pounding him on the ground, and and <laughs> Dominic Cruz just goes, yeah. So right now, Connor, he could possibly be letting him gas himself out right now. It's like, no way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Connor does not is never tried to use his gas tank as a weapon. What before. do you think of like Connor McGregor? He's been like saying like super crazy stuff. Like, oh, he's always done that. Like that. He's always I'm, done that. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, he's I'm always done it. You have to be a fan. He's of always done it. Did he? Went, I love him or hate him. He was, he's gonna bring in the when money. they're they're yeah. carrying him out. I think the he's structure. brand building right now. He yeah. was, when they're carrying him out, he still has the same thing. They're carrying him out in the stretcher. He's still giving middle fingers to yeah, people. Yeah, he's a beast. He's, he's a beast. He's like, he wanted to make sure that they knew it wasn't a TKO. That it was a doctor yeah. stoppage. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to make sure that they're like this, that they had it down as a doctor stoppage. Do you think um, him and Dustin Poirier should fight again? He yes, saying he wants to fight again. One hundred percent. I think Dustin should. It depends how. It, I mean, if Dustin. Yeah, the money. It, I mean, he should fight. According to Hoyle, he should fight for the belt. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, dude, he's beaten everybody. He's beaten Gage. He's beat everybody but Habib. He beat Gage, he Connor. Or... Nobody can beat him. He beat him. No. Yeah, nobody you can beat You think he beats Charles? Charles Olivier? Who? I don't Khabib? I don't know. No, uh, do no. you think Dustin, Dustin beats Charles? Dude, the, the reason I lean towards Dustin is because they're both super skilled. But Charles Oliveira does not have much of a chin. He can get knocked out. He can, but he can. He's good, bro. Oh, he's so he's good. good. Yeah. He's got the Did most finishes ever. Did you see him against Michael Chandler? Oh, Michael yeah, Chandler I almost that finished fight, like, four times. him in the end of the first round. He came back in the beginning yeah. of the second round and starched him. He, he's he's like, good. His, yeah, oh, yeah. his submissions are yeah. disgusting. He's, yeah, he's got the most. He's the only victory. person. He's Brazilian, he's right? the, yeah, yes. he's the yeah, only okay. person to ever sub our one fighter of the week, Darren the Damage Elkins. Oh yeah. Because people okay. were when Derek Miner was fighting, they're like Derek Miner could sub him. I'm like, no, only one man has ever subbed Darren the Damage Elkins, and that's the greatest submission artist ever, Charles Oliveira. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I could go fight. either way. I just lean. I give like fifty five percent chance Dustin, forty five percent chance Charles Oliveira, just because Dustin's. Grappling defense, I think, is good enough to where he could, and it, I think he's got better top control, too. It, it could, it could be good. So I yeah, think I want to see that. Yeah. Charles Oliveira has long legs too. Yeah. So he's not his wrestling. Is, I don't think is at the level to get Dustin down. I don't think he would try to get Dustin down. I think he tries to strike with Dustin and uses Muay Thai. And that's his where elbows, I, that's where I think knees. Dustin will, because Dustin can take a shot. Yeah, yeah. Like that shot that he got Michael Chandler with, Dustin could have recovered from something like that. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say something like that when you're there, you know, or like yeah. like when it happens. He's taken. He's only been knocked out once. It was by Michael Johnson at 155. 
He's tough. He's tough to get out of there, chin wise. And I mean, he took some some of Justin Gaethje's best shots when they fought. He yeah. took good shots. I mean, I mean, Tony did too. Tony, oh, Tony yeah. took a lot but, of Justin shots. Justin Tony put him down. Tony. Sometimes took, I think those guys don't that hit was, that hard. Then that was yeah. like life changing <laughs> damage. Yeah. He took towards the end. Like I was like, Just throw in the towel, please. Don't make him. It's only gonna take fighting. Like he's after that dude. There was like nothing left in the. But I mean, he took those that damage. But look at him since since he took that those shots. And he was also thirty six years old when they fought, which is kind of old at one fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Gaethje. They're, they're both. Dude, I could. Either way, I don't know who could. If Charles Oliveira wins. Then I would be like, Habib, you have to come back. Come on. I know you don't want to, but this guy, you didn't beat this guy. I would like to see uh, Charles Oliveira fight a couple more people. Yeah, he's got, dude, he's beating good wrestlers. He beat Kevin Lee. Who would you like to see him fight? I think it would be interesting to see him fight, um, like, uh, Nate Diaz. Okay. Well, I think, give uh, Nate Diaz a title shot. No, just, I'm just saying, like, uh, just throughout, like, the, oh, yeah. the matchup itself. I think that would just be an interesting fight to see. And I think, like, watching him fight Connor, Charles versus Connor, yeah. would be really f- uh, fun to see. Yeah. I'd love to see Benil Darouche against him. Okay. That'd be good. They're both amazing grapplers. So, that could be some good. You might see some crazy Benil stuff. Benil fought Tony recently, right? Yeah. Okay. That was. Oh. Both of how the, both the ways they fought Tony, though, they just held him down for like three rounds. But Benil's fight's going up to that. He had. A spinning back fist knockout against Scott Holt. Oh, Scott Holtzman is pretty easy to knock out. He's been knocked out a couple of times, but he knocked him out. He knocked out Drakkar Close, who's got a pretty good chin. That was a crazy comeback. You remember that one? Which one was it? Benio Darouche versus Drakkar Close. I don't think I've seen that Dude, one. he was... Drakkar had him, like, hurt, and then Benio just started walking him down and knocked him out. It was crazy. If you want to pull up the one. gif of that one and just put it on mute and then play it... Who's that, your favorite fighter? Of all time, or well, just, it just current? Currently? What about current? It depends on the weight class, man. Benil Darouche versus who? When he fought Drakkar uh, Close. What yeah. about you, Deja? Who's your Who's your favorite fighter? I'd currently? have to say I like Mike Perry just because <laughs> I like I'm really Platinum. big on personality. You okay. know, I think he's like a great person. I think he's like really funny, and so. Yeah. That's like one thing that's big for me, and then I think he's a really good fighter as well. He's always like really entertaining to watch. And then also, what one points for me is when he didn't have a coach, and he like that guy paid like forty grand to be his coach, and like gave him. Oh, that experience. dude, that was crazy. Did you ever hear of that? That one. So it was the fight after Mickey Gall. Tim Means. Tim Means did it, man. Whew. That was it. Was but his coach he sold the spot to be like his coach, so you could like basically pay. I think a guy paid like. 20 or 30 grand. I it was 40. Something. It could have been 40. Just, go in there and be just to coach. be his coach. Yeah. He just, like corner, he was in the corner, yeah. like just in between. Yeah, the yeah. guy made a YouTube video about it. That's crazy. Later. Yeah. It was some dude off Reddit. And uh, yeah, he just was like, the guy was loved it. It was the fight that they mixed up his song so he came out to Hey Well by Beyonce. Yeah. But that was, that. yeah, but he lost that fight pretty bad. But I just Tim really, means, like, that got points for me good. just because yeah. I know he was doing it because he wanted extra money, but it was just really nice to give someone that experience as yeah. well, you That's know. cool. It's like a make-a-wish thing, almost, yeah. but for an adult. Yeah. <laughs> he made the money. Dude, I, yeah, it's Mike Perry's super out. entertaining. Yeah, if you want to, yeah, you can turn it more. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to go this out. Yeah, rewind it a little more. Yeah, there you go. 
Boom. Yeah. So he's got. I remember that. Dude, he has like spaghetti arm knockouts. I remember <laughs> seeing this fight. Yeah, this fight was hype. This is one of the first. I was at work watching this fight. This is one of the first cards you watched whole with me. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was um. I was on Instagram the other day, and someone was like, the dream was like to have your girl watch like fights with you and stuff like that. And there was like, oh, that'll never happen. I was like, oh, we watch fights together. And then I was like, the trick is do it at like a restaurant, you know, because I love to eat. Most women do love to eat. And so I think that's like how you do it. Yeah, the especially if it's a fight where everybody in there is getting hype, like mm-hmm. if they're there yeah, for there the was, fight. There was a guy with a Habib shirt on there, so that's how I was like, okay, people have yeah. shirts and stuff, people are like we really into Dustin. this, you know. Um, my, uh, the job, I work at a restaurant, it's a sports bar, and we host oh, the okay. UFC pay-per-view events every month when they happen, so you guys should come check it Which out up there. Is it? It's called Gators Dockside, it's Gators up in Dockside. Uh, Spring Hill, it's like... From here, it's like 22 minutes. Yeah, long. Spring Hill's an easy um, drive. Yeah, it's not too far. It's like, uh, there's a Target up in Spring Hill. It's like 20 minutes north of yeah. here. And uh, it's right next there. And um, we host the fights all the time. So, oh, and dope. we host, like, we stay, we usually close at 12, um, but we stay open until the fights are over. So, oh, and it's cool. That'd be dope. I love to watch fights with other people because it just gets the hype up in the room and it makes you, like, want to watch it more. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, especially, remember when we went to this one dive bar? We ended up because all the good spots. It was when Connor fought Cowboy. Yeah, I didn't I think that I didn't one, think yeah. that one was gonna pack places as much. I was like, this card, the whole card yeah. sucked. The card was horrible. But like the next best fight on there was CDF versus Pettis, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Pettis is gonna lose this one. Medium, really? Pettis? He's got his own fight week now. Well, like Pettis. <laughs> he's okay. I mean, he was good, but I don't know. He oh yeah, he's on a. He hasn't won since he left the UFC. They gave him that one against Cowboy, too. I thought Cowboy won. I think I thought they did him dirty. That was on the same card that uh, uh, Justin just destroyed Tony. Tony's my favorite all-time. Tony's your favorite fighter all-time. All time. But now it's... Tony now when the I, boogeyman. Now, now it hurts to watch, because I'm like, oh. Yeah, he's, he's like three or four losses in. Now, three in right? a row, and he's... He's hit like I think he's landed like eleven punches in his last like wow. seven rounds fighting or That's something. That's crazy. It's something rough. Yeah, it's like oof. the way that the, a lot of those guys go out though. It's like ooh, it's yeah. the fight game when you take enough damage. Yeah. We were talking about uh, Nick Diaz a few minutes ago, and I didn't watch the first time uh, Nick Diaz fought Robbie Lawler, but I've been seeing a lot of, a lot of memes about that. Can you give me like some background? Yeah, it's, like, it was pretty short. That was okay. it was famous because That's uh, a good one. yeah, Nick Diaz. Really crazy about it. He just Robbie Lawler beforehand had never just there was no like back and forth beforehand. They just show up, and Robbie Lawler's like a really quiet guy. I think it was under Matt Hughes at the time. It's kind of a loud mouth, but Nick Diaz just shows up and starts giving him the middle finger from across the the, uh, the, the octagon. Yeah, right. Okay. Below, during like when they're lining him up, yeah. and he starts going, "Stockton, motherfucker! <laughs> Stockton, Stockton, motherfucker!" and starts screaming that at him. Did you watch? That and uh, he knocked him yeah, out with an uppercut. That's so, a good. Like, who yeah. knocked out who? Nick Diaz knocked out okay. Robbie Waller with an uppercut. It's it's a good fight to like watch if you're a, a UFC fan and you want to see like a historic fight. Like, yeah, it's a good one that people should see that's definitely a good one because they were going back and forth and they both stuck each other hard and it's crazy even like when Robbie Lawler got knocked out he got up thinking that he didn't get knocked out like he was still trying to fight and oh, like, okay. he got put on his face and it was, it was a good fight 
Yeah, I guess that might be our historic And both guys were like in their prime, both young in their yeah. prime. How long ago was that? Were People like were 20. saying it was like a while yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like... It was probably like... They were like 20 years old, and they're both like 39 now. So it's okay. probably like yeah. 17 years ago. It was probably like, early, like around 2010, maybe okay. before then. So no, it was right? like 2000... Like before, like, like I'm saying, like in that time. It was yeah. like 2000. Is there a reason why they're fighting again? Is it like something both, they wanted? or? Well, Nick Diaz... So he was on suspension for smoking weed for a while. And then he just never came back. And Robbie Lawler, I mean, you could pull up his record. He has had quite a few losses in okay, a row. Okay. He lost to Neil Magny, Colby Covington. I mean, he lost his belt to Tyron Woodley. I don't think he's won since he lost his belt. Didn't he lose in that bulldog choke? To, uh, oh, ben that Ben Askren, Askren yeah. <laughs> well, but he looked, he looked good in that fight. Yeah, he did look good in that he fight, but good. it's still a loss on his record. Yeah, but he got a lot. So he had a bunch of losses in a row. <laughs> well, so he's on their way out. I think this is probably his last fight. Probably, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's just like a veteran, old school okay. fight. Yeah, this might be our historic fight of the week. We're debating on having like a historic fight for this week since there's no fight. Yeah, so maybe this no will fights. be the one I'll watch. Like, maybe we'll do one. I was, That's a good one. I like uh, Clay Guida versus Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. That's always another fire That's a one. great one. Who's Clay? Clay Guida. He He's fights. got like the hair. His hair looks like He fights mine, again. Like he fights oh, yeah. down like He that. fights again. He's old. He's yeah, fought he's so old. many times. He uh, he has been in so many good fights over the years. Both of them have. And Diego, so you know Diego Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. He just, I guess, technically retired. Yeah, he was like promoting his he's only fans. BKFC. I thought that was yeah, pretty funny. Supposedly. Yeah, I think him and Chad Mendes just signed with BKFC. Yeah, yeah, I read that somewhere. Do you have a historic fight you think people should watch this week? Um, one really, really good fight I think people should watch. It's not even like too historic. But uh, I really like the Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gaslam fight. Okay. That fight is intense. That one's so good. They go back and forth five rounds. That whole card was pretty good. The and main and co-main for sure. Yeah, it was like that's when uh, Dustin Poirier fought Max, Max Holloway. Holloway. Yeah. yeah, both so of those bloody. fights were really good. So bloody. Yeah, and huh. just to see like, you would think off the top of your head, Israel Adesanya is gonna kill Kevin Gaslam. And then if you think like... He gave him his best fight? Yeah, he gave him his best fight compared to Robert Whittaker, Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa. Kevin Gaslam yeah, gave him the, the hardest story. fight. And just, Kevin Gaslam did not give up. You know, he tried, he tried, he tried. And like, even when he caught him like with that switch kick and it hit Israel Adesanya, mm-hmm. when he like stunned Israel, Israel played it so well. Like, he put on such a good poker face, you couldn't tell that he was hurt. But it just showed how good Kevin Gaslam was as well for him to... To hurt Israel in that yeah. kind of way where most people haven't. Um, Israel's face looked terrible after that fight. I think that's a, such a good fight. People should go watch that fight. Don't was it a title it. defense or a title? It was, it was a title fight. Yeah. It was okay. for the interim. Belt, it was it for the, oh yeah, it was for the interim belt. Okay. So before he fought Whitaker. Yeah, because Robert Whitaker was out for something, and uh, I think Gaslam was like a last minute fill in or something. For that, I can't remember the exact circumstances, but eventually, they, but they had to make it. I think Gaston was a last-minute fill-in, okay. so they made it interim, and he gave him a. I mean, it was when you go through when it, I always say that whenever I think back on him, I'm like, you would have never thought. I guess besides Jan, but that he went up in weight, so you can't really count that much yeah. as much. But for his weight class, you wouldn't think Kelvin Gaston. Like when you look at his, the people he's fought and lost to, and just looking at him, you're like he's like a fat dude. Yeah. And he gave Israel Adesanya's best fight. You got the closest to beating him. A lot of people have had a tough run with Kelvin Gaslam. He gave Tyrone Woodley a great run for his money when he was on the rise. And um, 
Calvin Gaslam beat uh, Vitor Belfort, right? Yep. That's he beat huge, him. He beat Jocker, right? He beat Jocker, right, yeah. too? Wow. He beat Jocker, right? Yeah, he just retired. I saw He's that. fighting Jared Cannonier next week, I think. Who? Calvin Gaslam. I, I think Calvin can win that. Oh, yeah. He can be. People, I think people over 35, he has, like, a great record against Calvin Gaslam. He beat Bisming. He beat a lot of guys when they're Michael a little Bisping? older. Yep. Okay, yeah. He's a commentator, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What do you guys think about, not we're talking about like guys who are older, like 35 and stuff like that. What do you think about Jose's performance? Uh, Jose Aldo? Yeah, he's only oh, yeah, 135. He, he just went down and fought Pedro Munez. Are they the same age? I'm not sure how old Pedro is. Yeah, they're pretty close. We'll probably have to start a second one up in a second year in Asia. But, okay. Um, that was such that, a good that fight. Was, I thought Pedro, for him being older, I going thought down Pedro was going to put the pressure on him because he... Jose was looking very defensive, and was like, like when he fought Cheeto, he beat him with like he like he like put him in a body lock for a whole round mm-hmm. and things like that. So I was leaning towards Pedro Munoz winning. So I was pretty impressed, and I was like, oh, he got his volume up. Like, Question: What do you think about like someone being in a body lock for a long time? Do you think like that's boring or what? I mean, it depends. Sometimes, yes. if they've got him. The way Jose was working him the whole time, yeah. so it wasn't really like they gave the refs an opportunity to take him out of it, because mm-hmm. he was working him the whole time. So it is a little boring, but you are winning the competition. Yeah, yeah. from the so that's what I think. You know, when I think of competing, because that's what I am. I'm a competitor. So when I see some of these guys holding positions, or even sometimes in practice, like I have some teammates that I train with that are maybe white belts that I know I could submit them seven times in a row if I wanted to, but I try to like just hold the position on them so that I can get them out of it and let them work. So I think sometimes like when you have two guys who are so elite in the UFC and one guy can dominate a position for half of a round, that just shows how skillful that guy yeah. is. You know, Kamaru does that a lot. Yeah. Would you consider that point fighting? I've heard, like, heard that term, but I don't really like... That's, that's kind of point fighting. Point fighting would be like the... The theory of like position over submission, okay, and things like that. Kamaru, he's when, gotten better at it now, but when I think of point fighting, I think of like kickboxing or um, like karate style, like just touch fighting. Yeah, for stand up. Yeah, points. there's so. two different. I guess there's standing point fighting, and which Adesanya kind of does that sometimes, In, but he goes for the finish a little bit. But it's more using your defense. As offense, kind of as point fighting. Like, they stand you up a lot faster now, but if you go watch a lot of old UFC fights, they just, like, hold your biceps and guard mm-hmm. for, like, four minutes sometimes. There used to be no time limit, so yeah. it would be, like, 30 minutes of people, like, in guard. In, in the closed guard, 30 the minutes guard. long. Yeah. The it's closed a, guard is what? Missionary position. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Essentially. That's gotcha. my favorite position in okay. jiu-jitsu. And so there's like in jiu-jitsu every sport has their own um like set of rules you know so in jiu-jitsu for positions and for passing the guard for takedowns you get um points and stuff like that so in mma they like i wonder how they came up with the system because like every sport of combat sports has like its own rule set and then mma yeah. is like all of it yeah. yeah so the way they judge it is kind of weird you know they do a terrible job at it so. <laughs> <laughs> they did it's yeah, the 10-point must system, I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't work that well with MMA. It's hard. Yeah. And it's hard with different styles of fighting. Like like we were saying earlier, yeah. like one guy who can strike really well for the first half of the round, and then he gets taken down and dominated for the second if half. If he gets taken down, dude, if he gets taken down and worked, 
Like when Connor just fought Dustin, the first minute or two, or two minutes, Connor was looking good on the feet, but then he got worked yeah. on the ground bad. Mm-hmm. It was like 50, he landed like 50 something strikes on the ground. Yeah. So in that scenario, it's a little easier. For sure, when you're getting outnumbered like that. Yeah. But imagine if like the fight continues and then Connor comes back in the in the second round and he drops him. Yeah. You know, he, and then, then the third round. Each. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird to tell, you know. But from somebody from other people's perspective, they might think like Connor won the first round and the second round. You know, it's just weird. I don't know how they would. have Well, seen some it. of the judges are. They just had terrible. two of them had a ten eight. Yeah. I don't know. One of them had a ten nine. I guess. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was pretty cool. When at first, the first time I watched it, it's gonna have to reset. Your yeah, vision. I'm gonna reset. The first time. There we go. All right, there we go. The first time I watched it, I thought he dropped him with a punch at the end. I didn't realize his ankle broke, mm-hmm. so it looked like pff, he is. If it's on the ground, if it's standing, it doesn't matter. Dustin is starching the dude right now. Is how it looked just for a second until they replayed it and it showed his foot There's go out. There's been a lot of weird him. injuries in the There UFC was lately. every, the fast five cards in a row have had broken limbs. Wow. The guy broke his arm, the one fight. Jacare. Jacare broke his arm. Yeah. A girl got her arm broken the last pay-per-view on the prelims. She was uh, fighting and she's, and it goes to her corner and she's like, I can't, oh, yeah, I can't I use my arm. Yeah. I can't use my arm. I had it written down somewhere, but she goes. That's crazy. She's like, I can't use my arm, and her rep, her coach is like, Well, we've got to figure out. And he like starts talking about yeah, how well she'll do it. He's trying to like motivate yeah. the psychologist, like, Hey, you can. Still- and then they're That's like, crazy. There's some, The ref or somebody's like, We need to have the doctor check. And immediately the doctor's like, Yeah, her arm is snapped in half. Like in there, like her arm is broken. Like I can feel a broken bone in there, so they stopped it. I just thought of another like really his- good historic fight talking about like how you're saying yeah. it, her coach was like kind of just telling her like you gotta push through it when um, uh, Robert Whitaker fought Yoel Romero they fought two Ooh, times yeah. both of those fights went the distance yeah. and both this. of them are crazy Like the first time they fought Robert Whitaker tore his ACL in the first round and won the fight by decision so he went four or five rounds with yeah. a torn ACL against Yoel Romero the second time Yoel worked him over for the first two rounds and dropped him but then the next three rounds, Whitaker kind of beat him competition-wise. Like, if it was like, I usually use say, like, he lost the fight but won the competition. So people say that one's kind of controversial. Because okay. Yoel was, like, beating him up bad. But then he, Yoel does not have five rounds in him. He doesn't even have three rounds in him. He's got, like, two. He's got maybe a round so and a half. He's got so much muscle, bro. It takes yeah. so much oxygen to feed that They've man. done him dirty <laughs> on some decisions, but he has cheated, so I don't mind when they do him dirty as much. Like, when he fought Paulo Costa, I was like, oh, yep, 29-28, Yoel, he got him in the last round. I thought he won round two and three. And then they're like, 30-27, unanimous decision, Paulo Costa. I was like, what? But he has cheated so many times, Yoel Romero. I think He's, it's weird in the UFC sometimes, like... Maybe in the first or second round, a guy's winning, and then the other guy does really well in the third round, and then they give it to the guy who did really well for the first it's two, like the two last rounds. To, yeah, you got well. Yeah, there's been some where it looked like it was two rounds to one, and the guy won the third round. Like when uh, what's Bob Violent Bob Ross's real name? Something Pena. Violent Bob Ross is his nickname. He's really tall. He fights at one fifty five. He just had a fight. It went three rounds. Really? I know who that is. Yeah, he was on Ultimate Fighter. But if you want to pull his name up, it's something Pena. Um, 
But he just had a fight. Louis Pena. Louis Pena. Yeah, Louis Pena. Yeah, Pena. Pena. He's at a Little Rock. He's out of Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. But I think he fights in trains in Florida. Maybe American really? Top Team. I know he did some training with uh, with Khabib and stuff like that. I know oh, they, maybe they used he, uh, he, uh, AKA they used him to mimic McGregor oh, for okay. uh, for Khabib. Oh. He's super tall. Um, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. But I thought he lost two rounds to one. But the third round, he like lap the dude like he put on a great performance for the third round but they said he won two out of every round but the first one but it was close like he like barely lost the first barely lost the second and then on the third just torched the dude but that's kind of part of it because sometimes you see a guy like Darren Elkins versus Derek Minner where he loses one whole round and he comes back and the guy's completely gassed so you don't want to go out there and gas yourself out but at some point you do got to try to Get in there. So that's just part part of the competition. Even just like um, one thing that that you made me think about is kind of like the difference between practice and fighting too. Mm -hmm. Is uh, when you're in practice, it's uh, there's no adrenaline, there's no feelings. But when you're in the fight, you almost feel like you have to kill the person. So you waste a lot more energy being so like obsessed about wanting to finish them in the moment. You know, you're just so much is going on. Your body's just at such a a rage there's point, been a, there's know? there's a lot of those that I love those fights where the guy comes out hard for one round and then somebody comes back and beats him like uh <laughs> I fl- love Fluffy Hernandez friends. when he fought uh, uh the guy who won he won the Abu Dhabi like BJJ Rodolfo Vieira I don't know who that you is. don't know who that is oh dude he's looks pull a picture of this man up he looks like a specimen like a statue and Rodolfo Vieira. He fought Anthony Hernandez, Fluffy Hernandez. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know. He lost to Kevin Holland. I'm better at pictures. Yeah, he's, he lost to Kevin Holland. But he's a. Vieira? Oh, go back. It was just right there. This guy is a specimen. Look at this man. Look at that. Yeah. This man is a yeah, specimen. And then if you want to go ahead and pick up, pull up. Uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. You'll probably have to put in. I think there's a. Uh, yeah. I think there's a. Yep, there you go. Another. Yeah. Now look at this guy. He's like kind of skinny fat. Yeah, and this and guy submitted the other guy and broke his arm, right? He choked. Oh, did he. I think he got him with a Darce or something. It was it a Darce? I know he submitted him. It was. Yeah, he I submitted him. That fight. But it was. He was working him off. After like three minutes of. Vieira controlling him. They got up, and he just started piecing him up on the feet. So I think he stole the first round. It's going to be towards the top. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira. Oh, he guillotined him. Oh, but it was a. It was on top for the guillotine. Mm, Not yeah. like from underneath. Yeah. It was on top. Dude, that's a lot of pressure, that type of yeah. position. Like, I've had guys that practice in jiu-jitsu practice get a guillotine on me, and if they can like roll over and get the guillotine in mount position, it's not comfortable. Yeah. That was a good comeback. Dude, there's been some great comebacks. Yeah, for sure. Tony always had... I mean, Tony was... He seemed like he always lost the first round. Yeah, Tony's not a good first round. Who was your favorite fighter? I have so many favorite fighters. Yeah, that's why you were... I was trying to narrow it down when you asked me. I was like... (laughs) I was like, maybe by weight class. Yeah, it's hard. I really... If I had to pick one, I really love Robert Whitaker. Yeah. Uh, I think the Reaper is super fire. He's 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 a killer, bro. He's just scary, like... When he bangs on his chest before he fights, that guy just means business. How do you think he'll do in the rematch? 
I think he'll do a lot better. You know, I really want him to win. Rosanya for the belt. You know, I didn't think that he did his best in the first fight. You know, I think he wanted to try to knock Israel out instead of trying to beat the competition, trying to win the competition. Um, but Israel is also so hard to touch. Israel is super good. Hard Everyone loves beat. Israel. Israel is one of my favorite fighters. He looks hard to beat right now. When he was reversing Vittori on the ground, I was like, dude. Yeah, this his jujitsu looks super good. I was like, good. he is going to be. He was he even is. looking for submissions. Like, I was like, he is That's impressive. Be. I, uh, he's gonna be tough to beat because he's looking great everywhere. Yeah, I, I really like Kamaru Usman too. Yeah, uh, he's a really good champion. He seems like a very humble guy, uh, so I like the presence that he brings. Um, I like Vicente Luque. Yeah, um, even they're probably gonna fight soon too. Uh, Vicente, yeah, call them out. Vicente yeah. is super good, dude. Vicente is super technical with his Muay Thai, his Jiu Jitsu, his submission game. Vicente is like I think the most dark chokes ever. I think Vicente is like twenty. 29? I think he's like 22 and like 7 with like 20 finishes yeah. or something like that. Something like that's that. wild. That's insane. Mike you know, Perry, he's one got of like the only guys. Knockouts. Mike Perry, one of the only guys to go the distance with him. <laughs> but he damaged him for life. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. He's been. I mean, look at him now, how he fights now. And, like, did you see Tyrone Willie versus Vicente Luis? Yeah, he darsed him. That was a darsed That show. was crazy fight. That, that like. Was three or four minutes of just explosiveness. Yeah. So I, I like I like Vicente Luque a lot. Um, I'm excited for this heavyweight or for the light heavyweight fight coming up. Jan versus Glover Teixeira. That fight is gonna be super good. I love Glover Teixeira. I've been following Glover since he fought like even before he fought Rashad Evans. Uh, oh, wow. I like Glover. He's a good fighter. He's old school Brazilian fighter. So really technical. Jab. That's somebody whose chin has not. Failed him at this Man, point. His, his he was shot. taking some shots from Santos. Woo! <laughs> Dude, at one point I thought he was done. It, it looked like he flatlined him at one point. I was like, oh! It, when it was on the feet, Santos was rocking him. And he'd get it back to the ground and just work him over and soften him up. That fight was crazy. Yeah, he's good at That's soften That's the guy that knocked out Anthony Smith's teeth. Okay. When Anthony Smith was yeah, like, good he got too. his teeth knocked out. And, and then he was like, I'm sorry. Like, he's, like, on top of him punching. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, it is what it is. Yeah, that's the name of the game. I like uh, Bam Bam Tai Tabasa. He's exciting, dude. His last fight, his I last thought he fight. was out, too. Bam Bam. Out. He was out That was a second. great one, brother. I thought he was out for a second, too. Yeah, he, he, was, looked, he looked injured. Ooh, that is crazy. He fought Greg Hardy. What a hook, man. Yeah, he, and I love that he does the shoeies. Yeah. Was, that's so cool. If you guys don't know what a shoey is, his friend's, like... Give him a shoe, and he just cracks open a beer, puts it in the shoe, and chugs it down from there. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. Yeah. He drinks the beer out of the shoe? Out of, out of shoe. the shoe. Like, without the can? Without the can. Yeah, like, he, he takes it, can. dumps the can in the shoe, oh and then God. he drinks it from I'll the shoe. I'll show you his last fight when we get home. The commentator booth, as he got the knockout, was like, here, here's the beer. Yeah, the they'll, beer. like, take, <laughs> off, like, they like, like, take off their shoe and yeah. then throw it Joe Rogan was, like, handing him the beer, like, here, take the beer, take the beer. Yeah. That's why. Even, like, as he was walking back, there was fans, like, with a beer in their yeah. shoe giving it to him from yeah. like the third awesome. floor oh not God. the third floor but like yeah. the third like yeah. the seating yeah that's the stuff I mean when I say like fighters like personnel like awesome. something different that's yeah separate, so those guys are exciting yeah. you know it's that's what brings the fans Dude, yeah. has cause he lost to Ivanov has Ivanov fought at all recently I can't remember the last time Bagoy Ivanov has fought I don't know. He had a good fight against Tui Vasa. He lost to Derek Lewis. I can't. Tai Tuvasa fought Junior Dos Santos too, right? 
I think he lost. To I think he lost to Junior. I think but he I lost. That was a good fight for him. I think to... he had like three, four, three, two or three in a row, and then he beat Struve, retired Struve, and then he. I think he's on like a two or three fight win streak now. I like when um, they have like a young fighter, up and coming fighter, and they kind of put him against a veteran. Yeah. And just kind of see like where is he? You know, this, this is the hardest fight. Yeah, they have been because there's so many. It's like a new generation, a wave of fighters coming in now. Yeah. I'm excited to see them put like Sean O'Malley against some of the really tough 35. I guess he's uh, yeah. agreed to fight uh, Frankie Edgar and him. I think are going to fight. I think that'd be a good fight. I want to see him fight Marlon. I Marlon think he would starch Marlon. Marlon's chin seems gone, dude. It seems he got knocked out. He got baked in the forehead and got knocked out. I I love my magic, but dude, I think he's. I think Marlon Marais knocks out. He could in the first he round. Knocks him out in the first round. Switch it's gonna him. have to be the first round. Yeah, because he's. If I think if it goes two or three rounds, he's gonna get finished. I don't really like Sean O'Malley, so I would love to see him <laughs> knock him dead. I like, dude. He is. He puts on a show. He does. He puts but on I don't a show. Know. His I fights. Don't know. I don't really like him. Dude, I like Cheeto Rivera. Cheeto Rivera. Cheeto Rivera. <laughs> dude, Cheeto's good. Cheeto's last fight was, dude, when he was giving those those inside hammer fists. Woo! Cheeto's. He's beast. good to watch. I like him, and he. Cheetos represent Chile. Like, no one's coming out of Chile. Yeah. I like fighters that are coming out of places where no one ever really hears, like... Well, not too many guys come out of Montana. That's where Sean O'Malley's from, Montana. Not too many guys Like, he's representing, like, USA, though, you know? Yeah. I like when some of these guys come out of, like, foreign countries you don't even heard of or something like that. I pull for the Americans. Yeah. (laughs) I I do sometimes. It depends who they're fighting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always... I'm... Uh, I'm Puerto Rican, but like sometimes I'll go against a Puerto Rican fighter. You know, Jimmy Rivera is not my favorite fighter, uh, but he's pretty good. He's uh, very good. Yeah. He, he is, but I think he fought uh, Pedro Munoz. He fought Marlon Moraes too. Marlon, I was going for Marlon in that fight. Mm. My coach is Brazilian, and I grew up training jiu-jitsu around a lot of Brazilian black belts. So I like the Brazilians. Yeah. I go for the Brazilians Dude, when usually. It, when Pedro Munoz fought Jimmy Rivera, that's what made me think. Pedro Munoz was going to beat Jose because I was like, oh, dude, his leg kicks. Jose hasn't thrown a leg kick in years. And look <laughs> how many leg kicks. He took him out with leg kicks. That's the name of the game now. Yeah. And it went the total opposite direction. So I liked Pedro after he knocked out Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. That's when I became a fan. Because I, I thought Cody was going to knock him out. Because I like Cody, um, but... Don't After get... he got knocked out by TJ twice, he has not been the yeah. same. Yeah, you don't want to get into a chin testing contest <laughs> with Pedro Munoz. Yeah, but Cody looked good in his last fight too. That knockout that he had. Oh, like, I thought you meant... he just like he didn't look bad came against back Rob Font. He just got worked, but he really didn't. He looked controlled. He didn't look bad and out of control all the time. It just he just wasn't the better fighter that night. I thought he actually looked decent and within. What's your favorite weight class to watch guys fight in? Right now, dude, right now it's 155 and 135. Yeah? But historically, 155. But right now, dude, 135 is crazy. Who's in 135? 135? There's like six ex-champs in 135. Well, that's Piotr Jan, okay. Aljamain Serling, Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Boris Aldo, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera, Sean O'Malley, Cody Garbrandt. There's so many. And when you, even when you get to like the top 40 and you're like, Nathaniel Wood is ranked like 30 something? Oh my God. This guy's a killer. <laughs> yeah. There's guys who are just. They just have to work. It's so more about timing. 
I heard Mike Tyson say one time, like, it's all about your time. You know, you're, if you keep doing it, your time will come. Yeah. You know, and those guys. Yeah, like Charles like, Olivier. Yeah, somebody like, like that is just, it takes like 10 years into the game. Even Dustin Poirier, like another guy in the game for like 10 years. For Some of those guys don't even get an opportunity to fight for the belt until like four, five, six years into the game. Mm-hmm. And then they might lose their opportunity. And then they have to rebuild themselves another three, yeah. four years to get that opportunity back. Yeah, dude, Robbie Lawler has a famous one like that where he basically came back and for when he was the champ, dude, he was a lion when he came mm-hmm. back, when he had some of those defenses. He defended against the guy that just fought in PFL. Uh, neither, of them, neither of them were the Roy same McDonald after that. Was, neither that of them were the same fight. after that. Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler, greatest yeah. stare down after a fight ever. Yeah, that was so crazy. Both of them were Woo! just covered in blood, staring Woo! at each other. Like, oh my god. You, you we might have up, to watch that look one. Up, yeah. Look up his nose, both of their noses. Both of them That's had really flat good noses. Oh my Let's god. See. That was only like five years ago. Robbie. That was about when I first started getting into MMA. Was that on a Connor card? Was that when he fought Alvarez? I think that was on Robbie Connor. Lawler versus. Okay, there it is, right there. Yeah, I think that was on no, Connor. No, Roy McDonald. That was a. That was a. Oh my god. What card that was, was that older. on? That's an older fight. Uh, I mean, it was like. Lucas. That was in like twenty. Apparently, they fought twice. I think. I think Eddie. They Alvarez, did fight twice. Go Eddie back Alvarez, to the bottom. Go back down here. Go back down. Here. Eddie Alvarez and click Connor on one eighty nine. Click on that right there. UFC one eighty nine. It was like 2016 or something. Let's this see. Chad Mendez versus Connor. That's what I that was. I didn't really watch the UFC before that fight. It was, I started UFC after I graduated. Or I started watching 20, UFC after I graduated. So it's definitely it like 2017. Yeah, it couldn't have been more recent than 2017, I feel like. When he so fought. maybe this is the first time they fought? That was Chad. I, I knew Connor was on yeah, there. It's, yeah, Chad it's Mendes definitely versus on that Connor. One. Yeah, that was a good-ass card. This whole card was sick. Yeah, they're they're. Yeah, look how many intense. finishes there are on that card. Yeah. Every fight, every fight was a finish. Yeah, UFC 189 is one that is probably up there for best of all time. And another one of my favorite fighters is Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, for the ladies. Yeah, I said she's coming. She's the most skilled. I've been seeing a lot about her lately. She's so good. And Isn't Rose? she fighting in like a week? Or something. Mm, I don't know. And she might be. UFC she's fighting. She's I fighting believe. as the co-main. I think that's the co-main for. I think she's fighting for the belt against. Yeah. Well, she has Shevchenko's the belt. Shevchenko's crazy. Okay, she's about. Uh, against like, on the one. I guess I think it's yeah Volkanovski. Yeah, she's fighting Warren Murphy. She'll starch yeah. Warren Murphy. I think she starches everyone. I mean, except for Amanda, but. Dude, even I thought they robbed her of the three. When the second time they fought, when it goes five rounds. It's hard. Like, Valentina looked... I thought she had it three rounds to... What are you looking at here, Daisy? I was just looking at the card. Oh. Oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that'll right. be the co-main. Yeah, Warren Murphy. Warren Murphy is just... Oh, she's old and slow. In the first or second. Too <laughs> slow, too old. Valentina, though, you can use your, You can use your experience on people to get pretty far in the ladies' division, but not against Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> that is not going to help you there. Yeah. She has looked good everywhere, standing on the ground. She looks flawless at this point. She looks like one of the most skilled overall fighters. Yeah, for sure. Her skill, as far as grappling, striking, everything, yeah, so very fundamentally, high level. very high level. Sound. She doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, she's so. She's good. one of those fighters that does not make mistakes. She's so good. People don't pretty really much dominate the, her. Pretty Many much all the champion her. ladies are pretty good. 
I mean, there's only three of them, but yeah, at this point, because hmm. Thug Rose, I mean, that was one where somebody got flatlined and then argued with the ref was Whaley. Whaley was yeah. literally flattened out and yeah. getting punched in the head and was like, I wasn't out yet. Do you think if they run like, it back, the same thing happens? No, I, I didn't think, think, wins, I didn't think Whaley was, a, was as amazing as everybody was saying. I was like, I don't think she's even really at the level of Rose. What about the fight between, like, that's a good historic fight. Joanna's champion. Joanna and Whaley. Yeah, that was, I thought... <laughs> I can't really like, that was, out for that fight. If it wasn't for the damage, oh, if it wasn't for God. the damage, I thought Whaley, like, points-wise, didn't win. No, you didn't think so? I but thought Whaley was catching her a lot with it, uh, heavy hands. It was close. But it was, they were, but like volume-wise and everything, but the damage was definitely there. She was definitely dealing the, the damage. In the fifth round, they were throwing heat. It was close. Yeah. That was they a close were, one. They were throwing heat. But after, even watching that, I was like, I don't think Whaley's on the level of some of these elite, elite ladies. Like, she can grind out. But if somebody's got power to put you away with some of those shots that were landing, like it did show with Rose, then then they're just going to put her out. She's good, though. She's got like a billion followers on some Chinese app. <laughs> I love watching girl fights. Yeah, I some of them are is. good. Yeah, I think the women's like Tisha, Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres is one of my favorite ladies. Yeah. She just fought the other day. I like Kathleen Vieira. She's really good. Mm. And um, there's a... Not Alexa Grasso, but there's like another uh, Mexican woman fighter. She just fought recently. She's a good boxer. She's the one that's got the, someone's face tattooed on her arm? Uh, I don't know. Uh, can you look up what the last card was and see who was on it? Oh, G- Gato? Something Gato? Is that what I'd have know? to see her face. She I was like I think pale, super pale. Just look up the last card, 265. Lo- okay, yeah, I didn't know the number. <laughs> 265. Yeah. Okay. No, don't go to that. Go back, go back, go back. Go to the Wikipedia page. Wikipedia does a way better job of putting them out. And then go to results. Yeah. That'll show you. Let me see some. Tisha Torres was on the last one. Uh, it could have been Melissa Here. Gatto. Uh, Jessica this was Penny. the one where the gar- girls... Can oh, yeah, Jessica Penny. Le- click on that. Let me see who that is. Those are the only ladies of those three. Ah. Oh, it doesn't show her picture. Go to her. Can go. you Google her? Yeah. Yeah, Jessica Penny's a little older. Um... No, I don't think that's what It I'm might have been Gata. Was it more of a standing? It was. Uh, the girl is a good boxer. Um, can you look up? You know up, the weight class? Uh, I think she's a bantamweight. Uh, that's probably, Victoria Leonardo, it's, maybe? Or it's got to be Melissa Gatto. Melissa Gatto won. It's got to be Melissa Gatto. Go to images. Just images. She's undefeated. No, it's not that girl. Maybe it was a I different card the other day because the only other Mexico, fights, though, the only other fight the other night was Tisha Torres. Maybe it Angela was. Hill. Maybe it wasn't the last card. Maybe it was the card before then. But there was a was card when she had some ago. wicked ground and pound. There was a there was a girl. I was working, so I didn't see there was a girl knockout the other week that was some wild ground and pound. I was like, holy crap! Oh, Sajara Eubanks. Woo! She beat that girl. The brakes off that girl. Oh my! It was one of the Eubanks. I don't know if it was Sajara Eubanks or Sarah Eubanks. I get them mixed up. Whatever the not as good one was, somebody was debuting against her, and oh my god, dude, it was a lopsided beatdown. That one was Irene. intense. Yeah. Irene Aldana. Yeah. 
Yeah, Irene Aldana's good. Yeah, that girl. I, she she just recently fought, right? I think so. I don't think she was on the last card. Maybe she was on the card prior. Um, I like that girl's boxing. That girl has, she has, she has a that girl has a mean left hook. Thirty-three. Yeah, she fought in July. Oh, okay. That's oh, so it's. She well, missed weight. <laughs> oh, that's four, not good. By, by a good bit. She waited at 139.5. What do you guys think about People guys not weight. making weight? Dude, there's that's been some terrible. Fights, there's been some fights where I, I love Benil LaRouche, but when he fought Scott Holtzman, it almost seemed like he missed weight on purpose to just go out there and just get it. Because it's like, I don't need the money yeah. sometimes. And they're like, you know what? I could give this guy 10% of my money it's, and, it's and not be drained. 20. It's more than 10%. De- it's a, it's I think like it depends on how much you miss by. I didn't know if it was different. I thought it was always 30%. Maybe it is 30. I think, I'm not sure. I think it's 30% of your purse. Yeah. yeah. But you have to think, like, me as a fighter, when we schedule to fight, like, eight weeks from now, mm-hmm. and we're, like, we know in advance, there's no reason for someone to miss weight. Like, to miss weight is just so disrespectful. It's so, like... It's like you don't even care, you know. Um, and then most of the time, it's a higher percentage that the guy who doesn't make the weight wins the oh, fight. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, that's so why. It's like 70% of the time the I, guy misses weight. As yeah. a fighter, like, I fought guys who have came in overweight, and I busted my tail to cut weight, extra work in the sauna, literally felt like I was going to die, and then I get there and somebody's three pounds over. Oof, you know, it's that's like, a lot. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Like, yeah. So, but that also, in the, when that happens in the amateurs, you can kind of just tell, like, who's taking it serious, who's mm-hmm. not, which guys are going to continue to do it, you know, yeah. which guys are really doing it for, ser- for serious. And I, I think missing weight is unacceptable. Dude, there's, some, there's some where it almost seems like they're doing it to stay fresh, and they're like, ah. I don't need to. I just need this win more than I need the extra. That's so. Especially wrong. if they can get a. If they, especially if you're fighting somebody with a weaker chin, and they're like, if I stay fresh, I can knock this guy out. I'm only making, especially some guys in UFC, they're like, I'm gonna make thirty grand total if I win, or I'll get this bonus money too on top. And then even if I give him a portion of that, it's gonna be better than if I would have. Yeah. So that, sometimes they'll do it so. just for the bonus. I can see where you're coming from though, because that does give them oh, like a yeah. more unfair advantage. Oh yeah, it's a, that's why it's there. Yeah. That's why it's there. And a pound is a huge advantage at that elite level. My last fight, I was supposed to. We were supposed to fight at 45. I came in at 145.4, and my opponent came in at like 150. Oh my god! Some places won't even sanction that. Yeah, that's a lot. It's really in Florida. It's up to the fighter. Like as, at the amateur level, it's up mm. to me. Like if I want to take the fight, then I do. Um, and I did because I sold a lot of tickets and I wanted, it was for the title at 45. I didn't win, but you know, I, I wanted, I really wanted to fight and Five I, I thought I was going to win. Yeah. For me, I didn't really care cause I train everybody, almost everybody I train with is like, they fight at 85. So they walk around at like 195 plus. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, dude, there's some people that fight at 85 that walk around at like 220, 220, like yeah. big, very big. Like it seems like uh, seems like Vittori probably walks around at like two hundred or Paula Costa. Yeah, for sure. Paula definitely has. They walk around at balloon animal yeah. weight. Yeah, because even Israel's big, dude. Israel's probably like he's like six four, two, right? Probably he's like two hundred. Two hundred five. I'd imagine he's pretty big. Yeah, he's and I mean, and he's tall. on the day of the weigh-ins, he always looks so skinny, like yeah, like really sucked Gaunt. up. Yeah. yeah. 
that's all. That's most of the guys. Where I'm like, woo, so hard. And what relation is the day of the weigh-in? So the day of the fight is like the day before. Yeah, it's the day prior. So could you possibly gain some weight back? With yeah, that's what that is for sure. You yeah. definitely. Some do. people gain like twenty pounds. So yeah. I was wondering, I was like, well, what, uh, so I was wondering, I was like, well, I don't know. How does that impact like? So it could be good or it could be bad. It just depends on what you fill yourself up with. Um, yeah. I did a weight cut one time where it was really bad and then as soon as I got the opportunity to eat I ate everything I could because yeah. I wanted to try to gain as much weight thinking like okay if I go back in the next day I'm gonna be heavy and the last like three weeks prior to that I had spent my time cutting weight so hard I was eating like eggs and broccoli yeah. for breakfast and dinner and I was like my stomach had like gotten so small so when I ate so much food my body wasn't used to it anymore uh, so I was like bloated and I went mm -hmm. to when I got in the ring I felt like I still had food in my stomach like like up to my chest and I'm like dude I can't fight right now it's just crazy yeah. I, I'm so full of, of uh, we ate first watch that morning and I fought at like 8 o'clock at night and I ate breakfast at like 11 and I was <laughs> still so full wow like you know, I hadn't eaten That's bread, crazy. and I haven't eaten, like, all this other... And I'm eating all these breads and stuff yeah. like that, pasta, stuff like that. It's so. crazy what some of that stuff does. Like, I have a buddy... It slows you down, for sure. He's a bodybuilder, and he ate, like, a cup of rice before a show, and he bloated beyond belief. Like, he came in second place because he's like, I shouldn't have did it. I cracked. I had I had to eat something. I ate a bowl of rice, and it bloated him by, like, eight pounds. I heard... Or something crazy I heard, like, like for that. bodybuilders, that carbs help you, like, uh... To help your muscles look more defined and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a point, but when you get into like perfect, you have to be super strict with everything. Yeah, you can't mess sure. up a step. They'll be like, I have to get more iodine from this, and you're like, iodine? <laughs> yeah, iodine? What are you yeah. talking about? It, is, right it now? is all science. It definitely comes down to science. Even like when I do my weight cut, I don't have like the professional science behind it, but I can keep track of myself. Yeah. Like I know when I wake up, I'm like. Hmm. Yeah, I feel about 163 pounds, and I'm usually right. Really? And then when I, and then I'll think like, okay, I'm gonna eat some eggs and some bacon. It's probably gonna put like a pound, pound and a half on me. Then I'm gonna go train, and I'll probably lose like three or four pounds. Then I'll probably drink some water, and I'll probably gain this much weight again. And usually by the time like I'm done, throughout the end of my day, I'm I'm pretty accurate now that I've been doing it for like four years about where I'm gonna be. Do you think that's a skill all fighters have, or is it? Are you just really into it? You know? uh, I think it's just about how well you know yourself. Okay. Um, I'm sure that there are some fighters that don't take it as serious, and they're like, "Screw it, I'll, I'll go eat some McDonald's or something like that." Yeah. Uh, so that maybe they're not taking it as serious. Uh, but I keep track of everything. That's awesome. So I, yeah, I like it. I like this stuff so much. So I have like one question that's sticking out with me. It's like, what is your like after fight routine? Like, how do you ease back into like normal life? Uh, we usually go back to the hotel room and uh, get the guys together, yeah. uh, and we usually just go out to eat. You know, the team goes out to eat. Um, some of our friends who are on our team that train with us uh, and our family usually we go out to eat and celebrate. Sometimes we have drinks. Sometimes we don't. Um, it just depends where we are as well. Yeah. Um, so, like, this fight for is in Zephyr Hills, so it's only, like, a 35, 40-minute drive from here. So after this fight, I'm probably going to come back home, whereas when we fought in Daytona, um, we were we bought a hotel for in the in, on Daytona Beach for, like, three days. So nice. after the fight, uh, 
when I bought the hotel in Daytona, we didn't realize that it was truck week, which is something like, if you guys heard of like bike week yeah. uh, in Daytona, it's the lit. Trucks. Yeah, they have all these crazy <laughs> big trucks in Daytona, yeah. and uh, they do it around like September in Daytona, and um, it's a huge party, so like... After the fight, we just walked out of the hotel room. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and the strip was just packed with hundreds of trucks, music, and stuff. So we just partied that night. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it depends on how the, the it depends on how the night goes too. You know, if you lose, you're not in the best of mood. You know, you don't really want to do the fun stuff. You know, and sometimes your friends are trying to motivate you, like, come on, let's go, and you want to hang out because you they came to support you and stuff like that but sometimes after a loss it's tough to go out and hang out and have fun because yeah. you know you just worked your butt off for 10 weeks maybe and for a silly mistake to happen and you lose your fight or you know you, you make one wrong move and you lose the fight it, it uh, really gets you in your feelings in your head a lot so it depends you know and if you win it's celebration time you know it's let's, let's go get it that's cool, yeah. Well, we're really looking forward to seeing your fight, and thank you for being on our podcast. Oh, yeah, that's an hour and a half, so I guess that's... the longest episode. I'm proud of us. They never go this long, so. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you want to shout out your social media? Or yeah, uh, Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on my Instagram, it is Eli, E-L-I underscore B-J-J-N-U, and on Facebook, it's uh, Eli the Prophet Alejandro. And I just want to give a shout out to my sponsor, uh, 143 Ministries up in uh, Georgia, Augusta, Georgia. They're a rehab recovery ministry. And uh, they have like eight rehab houses where they take in all people that are like coming off of drugs, people still on drugs, people coming out of rehab houses, maybe that they're, that they're not uh, working out for them because their case is so bad. They're taking some of the worst people out of jails and stuff like that. And, rehousing them and literally changing their lives and just turning them around and making them get their jobs back, get their families back, get their lives back. And uh, this is what I'm trying to push out there. We're trying to work with these types of people like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I I could get a sponsor down the street with Joe Schmo who has some burger shop, you know, but, you know, I'm using my platform for something greater than that. You know, there's people out there who are really addicted to drugs you know the war on drugs in this country has killed more people than vietnam you know like it's crazy how um you know we talk a lot about racism and stuff like that and but the war on drugs is where it's really at you know there's so many people dying people that we love yeah just about every single person knows one person in their family whether it's their immediate family or their an uncle a cousin a friend that is struggling with drug or alcohol abuse, you know, stuff like that. So everybody knows at least one person. You, you were in the military. I'm sure you oh, met a lot yeah, of guys yeah. who are just Ooh. alcoholics that, you know, they probably have a lot of PTSD and stuff like that. And yeah. they don't know how to cope and stuff like that. So they turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol. And uh, what, what this ministry does is it helps those people recover. And uh, I love them. They, they are awesome people. That's an awesome cause. If someone wants to like donate to that, can they contact you or should they contact uh, the website? Yeah, they can contact me and they can also go to 143ministries.org and uh, all the information is on there. You can also go on uh, Google or you can Google uh, Facebook. You can go on Instagram, uh, 143ministries international, um, and they're doing a lot of great stuff. That's awesome. Well, this has been episode five of the Beast for Brutal podcast. Thank you for listening.